It is a new year, and in, in North America, I'm still trying to figure it out because basically you have two new years, right? It's the actual new year, and then in September, it's kind of like a new new year as well. And like South Africa, we just had one. January was the start of everything. Um, but it is a new year, and even though we're here, and even though a lot of things start in September, I think it's kind of built into us to, at the start of a new year, to look back at the previous year and say, where have we been, and to look forward to a new year and say, where are we going? It is natural. We all do it. It's a human thing. And I think we all do it because we want to go down a path that leads to where we want to get to. And here's the question. What gets us from where we are to where we want to be? Is it goals? Is it um, New Year's resolutions? Is it good intentions? If it was that simple, if it was simply a matter of making a New Year's resolution or saying I'm going to add some new things to my life or having a goal, then we all would have probably been at the place where we want to be, but we're not. So it's not that simple, right? It, it is not that easy to just get from where we are to where we want to be. And therefore, we are starting this new series called The Path. For the next four weeks, we'll be talking about a very simple principle, a principle that I've encountered a couple of years ago. I was still a student, and this was... Um, one of those moments in your life where you know things change. I picked up this book by Andy Stanley called The Principle of the Path. And if you want to know more about what we're going to be talking about here, here, like get yourself this book. It is a great book. It will go into more depth than what I'm going to cover in this series. But this book really changed my heart. It's not his principle. He got it from the Bible. Okay, It's in the Bible. And it is a very simple principle. Here's how it goes. If you have the intention to get to Toronto, you hear I'm saying it like a, like a Canadian. I don't say Toronto the way it's supposed to be, but anyway. If you want to get to Toronto and you are on Highway 9, will you ever get there? No, because Highway 9 doesn't lead to Toronto. If you want to get to Toronto, you have to be on Highway 400. But here's the thing. If you're going north on Highway 400, will you ever get to Toronto? No, unless you can like circle the earth. You have to be on the right path, heading in the right direction to get to the place where you want to be. You have to be on the right path, heading in the right direction. Every single path in this life has a destination, and a path leads to where it leads, no matter who you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter your economical group, no matter the power you have, the status you have, the gender, the color of your skin, the language you speak, a path heads to a destination, and that destination is the same for all of us. And it's interesting, what is true geographically is equally true relationally, financially, in our parenting, in our relationships, the principle stays the same that in every area of my life, I choose to go down a path that leads to a destination. And that is what we're going to be talking about in this series is this principle of the path, the principle that we find throughout the Bible. David wrote about the path in the Psalms. Solomon wrote about it. We're going to be reading about it today. Jesus spoke about it in different ways. Paul spoke about how this life is a race, but it always comes down to the same principle. And today, our first topic in the series, The Path, is called, Where Are You Heading? Where are you heading? What is your trajectory in life? What is your intention where you want to go to? 
And we'll be reading from Proverbs 6, a piece that was written, a book that was written by the smartest man in the world. How do I know he was the smartest man? The Bible said it, and this is how he came to be the smartest man. When he became king, God said, Solomon, ask me for anything and I will give it to you. Imagine it's like a genie movie. Whenever we watch Aladdin, we all go like, oh, the first wish I would make is like for a thousand more wishes, right? And they're like, no, that's rule one. You can't do that. But we all always have this picture in our mind. What would I ask for if I could get three wishes? And God said, basically, Solomon, you've got one wish. What do you want? And he said, God, give me wisdom to lead your people well. And God gave him an incredible amount of wisdom. If you read in the book of Chronicles that kings and queens from all over the world went to this tiny little um, nation called Israel to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And not only did God give him wisdom, but then God blessed him with incredible wealth and all kinds of stuff. But we're going to be reading an amazing story of him standing in his castle looking out at his city, and then seeing something take place. And this is the principle of the path in its most simple form. And if you see where the story is going before we get to the end, you can go like, ooh. Okay, if you go like, ooh, I know, you're getting where this is going. You don't go like that. I don't know if there's hope for you. Okay, <laughs> Proverbs 7, verse 6. I hope everyone can see on the screen. I heard this morning that colorblind people can't see yellow or something like that, so I'm not worried. Okay, but you've got your Bibles. If you can't see on the screen, there's a version Bible app. But let's read Proverbs 7 from verse 6. Solomon says, At the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice, and I saw among the simple. Okay, that's not the smart. It's not the clever. It's not the, par- that's, that's the simple. Different translation could have maybe said the stupid. I noticed among the young man, men, a youth who had no sense. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house at twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. Then out came a woman to meet him, Dressed like a prostitute and with a crafty intent. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. She took a hold of him and she kissed him. And with a brazen face she said, Today I fulfilled my vows. I have food from my fellowship offering at home. So I came out to meet you. I looked for you and I found you. I have covered my bed. Okay, no one has said ooh here. I hope you can see where this is going. I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Guys, like, I come from a country with aloes. I don't know why you'd put that in your bed, but anyway. (laughs) Come, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money and will not be home till full moon. 
Now Solomon writes this. He says, with persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. And all at once he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your hearts turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. Now, before we continue, I have to say, if you've ever been one of those people who say, I don't read the Bible because the Bible is boring, it's old school, and there's nothing interesting in it, you clearly haven't read the Bible, okay? If you don't think this is interesting and fun, you have clearly not read the Bible. Like, come on, guys. Like, this seems like some kind of movie that just came out, right? But there's a couple of principles. When we are talking about the principle of the path, that it is our direction and not our intention that determines our destination, there's a couple of things that I think, a couple of lessons we can learn from the story to use as we are at the beginning of a new year to figure out where have I been and where am I going. And when I read the story, Solomon starts out by saying, he's looking out of his window and he sees someone that's obviously making a stupid decision, right? Like you can see where the story is going. Like he's not just heading to a corner, he's heading to her corner, Wrong time of day, the, day that, the time of day that they would actually go into their houses for safety. He's, he's heading to the street corner. She's lurking, he sees her. It's this whole story. You look at that and you're like, I know where this is going. And it is interesting that it's easy for us to see when other people are taking the wrong path. Right? We listen to a message. I'm like, my friend should have heard that. That's for him. Like, we just see it, right? Like, why would he date that girl? Like, why would he marry that woman? Why would he drive his car so fast down the highway? So from standing on my, on my porch outside, looking through the window, it's easy when we look at other people to find fault with them. It's easy to judge other people and to say, oh, they clearly messed up. But it's really hard to see it in ourselves for some reason. Often the first time that we really realize we've been taking a wrong path is when hard times come, when things go south, because there is nothing that reveals the path that you've been on as clearly as hard times. Hard times will show that you've either been on a good path with your life or that you've been on a not so good path, but hard times will reveal it. So how do we get to a place where we can see where we are going before we are heading down the wrong direction and get to that point and we're like, it's too late. I think when I look at this story, the problem is between, if I look at Solomon and I look at this young man, and, and let's quickly go to him for a moment, why is he missing this? We read that he's going down the street near her corner, her direction, at twilight, at the dark of night. It's all these obvious things that should have told him you are heading in the wrong direction at the wrong time of day towards the wrong corner. But when we look ahead, often what happens is we think that life is a series of unrelated decisions. 
Because we can't see the future, we think that ahead of us are all these unrelated decisions that will not, at the end of the day, impact where I want to be. Force of will or my luck or whatever it will be will lead me to where I want to be, no matter the little decisions I make in between. But that's not true, is it? When we look back, when we can take that position like Solomon had on his porch and is looking down, when I can look back at my life, I suddenly start to realize that all those seemingly unrelated, isolated events, walking out of the house at twilight, heading towards a specific corner, all of those seemingly unrelated events were actually steps in a specific direction, steps down a specific path. And I want to encourage you to, at the beginning of 2022, uh, 2023, to stop, to look in the rearview mirror and to see what steps you have been taking down what path. Because nothing in our life are unrelated, isolated steps. There is not a better time than right now to look in the rearview mirror and see what path you have been following. What path have you been following for your marriage last year? Because where you are in your marriage right now, that didn't happen by accident. It was small decisions that were related to each other that led to this point. What decisions have you made financially? What decisions have you made in your parenting? What decisions have you made about the people you want to date? What decisions have you made about your studies that led you to this point? So our first step is if we can understand if we want to understand this principle, is take a moment to pause and to look back and say, what path have I been heading down? Spiritually, you are today, and maybe this is your first time in church in a long time, maybe it's your first time after Christmas, maybe you've been here your whole life, but wherever you are spiritually in your relationship with Jesus, you are here today, not because of a lack of His love for you, the Bible says it's unconditional, but because of the decisions you've made of how you've decided to journey on this path of faith. The story continues after that beginning where he looks down at this young man, and then Solomon goes from verse 10 to verse 20 to give us a very specific illustration of what's happening here in order to illustrate the principle of the path to us so that we cannot get it wrong. And I want to go through a couple of verses before I apply this to our life, okay? In verse 10 to 12, we read that he sees a married woman dressed like a prostitute. I'm like, those two sentences alone, shouldn't it have stopped this young man in his tracks and said, this is not where I want to go? You see, but here is the thing, like, and when I read this story, it is almost as if I'm watching a new series that just came out on, on Netflix or Disney. It's, it's the way the world is going, right? Like, and, and why? Because the world believes the same thing that this young man believed. They believe that they are on their way to an exciting event, a night of passion that would be disconnected from every other area of his life. It's just one night. Like, I can still have a good intent for my life, right? Like, I'm still heading down the, in the right direction. But Solomon looks at it, and he sees that there is a very direct contrast between what this young man is expecting where he will end up and the actual direction, the steps that he takes in his life. Solomon can see where this path is leading, and it's not leading in a good direction. 
See, for much of our decision-making, I think we often lean into our intentions of where we want to go so hard that we pay little attention to the path that we decided to actually walk. As long as my intentions are good, then I should be on an okay path, right? And not many people connect the dots between the choices they make and the outcome that they finally experience. But this is literally what's happening here. Solomon is seeing how all these little dots connect to lead to a specific outcome. In verse 14, this is a weird part, and I think this is so important for us to understand. Because in verse 14, she says that she's, she has this food and stuff from her offerings. Now, this is really important. A Jewish person, when they did sin in their life, they would have to go to the temple to sacrifice something, to bring an offering for the forgiveness of their sin. So this lady is religious, above all. She said, I've just been to the temple. I've brought an offering, so my slate is clean, so I'm ready to fill it up again. That sounds crazy, right? And as I read that, I'm like, what is wrong with her? And then I'm like, we do the same thing. Maybe you grew up Catholic and you went to the confession. And then you're like, oh, I feel so light and I can go out and just continue. If you grow up Protestant, this is what we do. We go on our knees, we say, Jesus, please forgive me. Thank you that you have forgiven me that I'm free now. And then I do the same thing. We don't get to the point where our repentance gets to this place where I'm leaving it with God and not doing the same thing again. That's true repentance. Is going to God, giving it to Him, and not repeating the process. But she just repeats the process. You see, and this is what I realized. We want to live with the relief, with the peace, that forgiveness that we find in Jesus, that that brings to our lives. Because finding forgiveness, guys, that is amazing. It's like a weight of your shoulders. But the problem is we don't want to give up the thrill that sin often brings into our life. That's what she was doing. And then she talks about how she's prepared a bed for this young man. And she's got perfume on, on the linen and like Egyptian cotton. And her husband is away with a full purse. So she basically is telling him like, we've got time. Don't worry. You don't have to sneak out the back window. She's saying like, I'm preparing an experience from you, for you. And from his perspective, things are just keep getting better. Like, this is, that is going to be better than I ever thought. But Solomon looks at it and he's like, no, buddy, what you are missing is your direction in life. These little steps you take will lead to a destination. And this is the main principle of the path that we have to keep in mind as we go through the series, is your current direction will determine your destination. And what is crazy to me is that somehow we all choose paths in life that don't lead in the direction we want to go. Here is some New Year's resolutions that you might have made. I want to be healthy. Because I'm going to go home, I'm going to eat junk food, I'm going to sit on the couch the whole time, and I'm not going to go for a run. Right? I want to be financially secure. But I buy stuff that I don't need with money that I don't have, and I enter into a life of debt. Single girls, if you are here and you're not married yet, often we go like, I want to marry a great guy that follows Jesus, that God is act together. But then you go and you date every single guy that asks you out and looks cute. 
Or maybe the single guys, you're like, listen, I want to have a great sex life when, when I'm married one day. Yes, I said that word. Jesus made it. I want to have a great sex life when I'm married. So you know what I'm going to do is every girl that I date, I'm just going to practice so long. It leads to a destination. If you're a wife, you go like, I want to have a great relationship with my husband, but then you make the kids the priority over him. If you're a husband, you say, I want to have a great relationship with my wife, but then you go and you don't pay her any attention. You don't listen to her when she speaks. The Christian says, I want to develop this deep, intimate relationship with God. I want to know Jesus. I want to hear his voice. I want to experience freedom. But then you get up early every morning to scroll through Facebook and TikTok and Instagram. The churchgoer says, I want to feel connected. I want to feel like part of this church. I want to live in true community. But then you go and you don't join a grace group. You don't give, you don't serve, you don't become part of the community. Parents who are Christians say, I want my children to to love Jesus. I want them to have Christian friends that will influence their life in the right way. But then you go and every weekend you're away. You go to a sports game or you go to the lake or whatever. And at the end of the day, we get to this place and we're like, how did we end up here? This is not the intention I had for my life. This is not the intention I had for my marriage, for my finances, for my children. But every decision we make is a step down a certain path, heading to a specific destination. And it's interesting when Jesus spoke about life, the Pharisees had a very similar view of life, right? As long as your intentions are good, you you do a couple of things and then you will be fine. So the Pharisees like to say, like, as long as you don't do these and these things, you're good. And Jesus goes on, Jesus is like, no, no. It goes much deeper. It's not just about adultery. If you look at a woman with lust, it's adultery. It's not just about murder. If you look at your brother and you hate him, that is murder. It's like, Jesus, why would you take it so far? Because Jesus knew that every thought we think, every decision we make is a step down a path that leads to destination. Jesus spoke about paths as well in Matthew 7, where he said, basically in life, there's not a hundred paths that you can choose from, there's two. And Jesus says in Matthew 7, verse 13, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. Many choose the easy way of just walking whatever way they want in life, but having the right intention. Jesus is like, that's not leading to the right place. But then he says, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus says it takes work to be on the right path, to head to the right gate, the gate that leads to freedom, the gate that leads to peace, to joy, to hope, to eternal life with Jesus. It's our direction, not your intentions, not your hopes, not your dreams, not your intellect or your edu- education that determines your destination. It's your direction. Andy Stanley says it so beautifully in book. He says, you will win or lose in life by the paths you choose. And it's important to decide what path you're going to choose in life. And this goes for you whether you are in high school today, whether you're a student, whether you're married, unmarried, whether you're 45 years old or 80 years old. We're all still going down a path, and it's important to pick the right path because the wrong one can cost you everything.
Solomon continues. He stops there. He doesn't go into any more detail, right? He stops where he sees this young man and this conversation that he has with the woman. And then he switches and, and he says, let me give you a glimpse of the end of this journey. And he gives three very vivid illustrations, just in case you miss it. Just in case you don't get what he's trying to say. He says it's like an ox to slaughter. Like what? Like a deer in a noose. And not just that, till an arrow pierces his liver. Like a bird darting into a trap. This is the point he's trying to make. This young man is throwing away his life. It seemed like little unrelated decisions that he was making, but he was heading down a path that would lead to his destruction and his ruin. And that's what Jesus said as well. In life, you pick either the narrow path or the wide path. You pick a path that leads to the life we can have with Jesus, or we pick a life that ends in hell. Solomon continues, and, and then he gives a warning. He says, let's move away from this young man because his future is cut out for him. So let's, let's go to a warning. And then he says in verse 25, don't stray into her path. This is not just a series of unrelated events. This is not just the night of his life. This isn't just a single decision he made. He says, this is a path that leads somewhere. Don't stray into that path. See, what I realize is generally, we don't just abandon. Most of us won't go like, oh, I choose the bad roads in life. I want to have a hard life. I want to like, ruin my finances. I want to raise horrible children. Like, we don't go like that, right? We set out with good intentions, but then slowly we drift, we stray into other paths. That's why he uses the word stray. Why? Because there's something that's powerfully appealing to other paths. That's why the road is wide, Jesus said. The promise of pleasurable shortcuts are what we go for. And the crazy thing to me is when we finally get to that place in our marriage, in life, in the addiction that we thought we had under control, in our finances, where we feel like that ox heading for slaughter, when we feel like that deer trapped in that news, then we're angry at God, right? Then I hear people saying like, Louis, why would God allow this? Why would he bring me down this path? Why would God allow me to end up at this place? And I'm like, how can you blame God for the path that you decided to walk while he said, here's a beautiful path for you, and you just chose a different one? We can't get angry at God when we've made decisions that leads us down the wrong path to the wrong destination, a destination different to what God has planned for us. And in verse 26, he expands his warning a little bit. And this is really interesting to me because he says, listen, this guy isn't the first and he won't be the last. Many have fallen victim to this woman. And here's what he's saying. That path always has the same outcome. Whether the men are young or old, clever or, or dumb, that path has a destination. Don't think you will be the exception to the rule. Every path in life has a destination. 
and step in. This outcome of the story that he stepped in, that was not unique. He was part of a crowd. The outcome was predictable. And I want to tell us, we, I want to warn you that we have to be careful how we live our lives. Because stepping onto the wrong path can lead to a place you never wanted to be. When you get lost in a car, it takes a couple of minutes to get back on the right path. But when we get on the wrong path in life, it can take months or years or seasons of your life away. And worst of all, it can cost you eternity. And therefore, we have to decide what path we're going to take. So what now? What if you realize this morning, man, maybe I've not been picking the right path in my life. Maybe I've not been living healthy. Maybe I've not been on the right path with my marriage or my relationships with, with guys or girls. Maybe I've not been on the right path with my finances. Maybe I have not been on the right path with Jesus. Like, what should I do? People always look for a quick fix, right? Like, just tell me what verse to read, what prayer to pray, and everything will be fine. But the reality is, in life, it's not always that simple. Otherwise, our goals, our New Year's resolutions, our intentions would have just fixed it, right? The first step is to understand this principle. The path you choose leads to destination. That's all I want you to get today. But to get from where you are to where you want to be is going to require two things of you. One is going to require time. And two, it's going to require a change in direction. So for the next three weeks, we're going to dig into this. And I'm not going to leave you here with just the principle, but we're going to look at this in detail. We're going to say, okay, why do I stray into the, the wrong paths? Like, how, if I know why I stray, I can avoid to stray, Right? And then we're going to look at, in the, in the third week, we're going to say, if I'm on the wrong path, what do I do? Because maybe you're sitting here today and you feel like that you're trapped in that news. There, that's not the end. Although you feel like it's the end, it's not the end. And in the last week, we're going to dig deep into how I can make sure that I've got a guide in life that points me down the right path. So we're not going to leave you here. But I want to encourage you for this first week to do a little bit of homework. To go back home and, and to think about it. You are currently on a certain path spiritually, relationally, financially. The amazing thing is the Bible gives us advice on every, all of those paths we can choose. But I want you to go and think about the paths that you're on and say, are there any this connects in your life. Is there anything like that young man that you thought it's just a little thing? My wife won't care. Church won't even know about it. Are there any disconnects? Second thing, are there discrepancies between what you desire in your heart and what you are doing with your life? If you have a desire in your life to live close to Jesus, is there a discrepancy between that desire and what you are actively doing to build your relationship with Him? And thirdly, is there alignment between your intentions and your direction? Am I actually heading down the right path? So this week I want to encourage you, think about this principle. Dig into it. Because a wrong decision now...
can have eternal consequences for us. And then we're going to dig in for the, for the next couple of weeks in how we can make sure to pick a path in life that will lead us in the right direction. So I want to encourage you, make a commitment to say, I'm going to be here for the four weeks, even if this is your first time, even if you don't know Jesus yet and you're still unsure and you've got a lot of questions, it's okay. Just make a decision today to say, I'm going to come back for four weeks. I'm going to complete this. And if you completed it and it didn't change anything in your life, you don't have to come back. You wasted four hours out of a month. That's it. I want to encourage you, make that decision, and let's see where God is taking us, where He is guiding us on this journey of life. This is what I know. He's got a better plan for your future than you and I can ever think, dream about, or imagine. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that your word says that you've got a plan for our lives. And it's not just any old plan. It's a precious plan. But so often, God, we, we drift onto these paths that lead in all the wrong directions, away from you, away from your purpose for our lives. And I pray today as we sit here that our eyes will be open to the simple principle of the path that we will realize that wherever, whatever path we're heading down, that's leading to destination. I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in each and every person's life who's sitting in this building, who's watching this online, and that you will point out to us the discrepancies in our life, the seemingly unrelated events, so that we can walk away from the broken path onto the path that you have planned for us. Jesus, thank you that there is hope, that there is freedom, that there is life in Jesus. Amen.